Okay, good afternoon, everyone. We'll look at um, John chapter 1 today. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. We have seen his glory. It's not as chilly as we thought it might be today. Um, but I think our outdoor service days are numbered. Because uh, the weather is going to get cold pretty quick. And so um, we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, we're going to study the book of John this semester. And so let me just read the first passage here. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was a light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's talking about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear, bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray together. Lord, Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. We pray that you would speak to us, encourage our hearts, and help us to draw near to you through this time as your spirit ministers to our hearts through your word, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, we're going to study the book of John. And um, the author of this book, John, was John, one of the, the disciples of Jesus. And uh, he has a clear purpose in writing this gospel. And we see his purpose at the very end of this gospel. He says in John chapter 20, verse 30, But these are written, he says, The reason I wrote these things, these are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Okay, so John had a plan. Right? So, so think about this. He's, he was one of the disciples. He saw Jesus. He spent time with Jesus. So he wanted to record these things and explain, like experience what he experienced 
what he understood of Jesus so that his readers can read what he writes and know Jesus, know that Jesus is the Christ and believe in the name of Jesus Christ so that they can have eternal life. That was his intention. That was his purpose. And that's why throughout the gospel, John tries to answer the question, who is Jesus? For example, it's in the gospel of John that we find the seven I am sayings of Jesus. Right? When Jesus says things like, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And he's saying those things to reveal who Jesus is. John includes that because that's his intent to show who Jesus is. And it's actually the very thing that John is doing here in this very passage, the very beginning of the gospel. He's introducing Jesus to us, showing us that Jesus is God. We also see in various parts of the gospel characters, right? Characters encountering Jesus believing in Jesus to receive eternal life. Like, like we see Nicodemus, the story of Nicodemus, the story of woman at the well, right? all these things, people who see Jesus for who he is and then believing on him that they might have eternal life. Okay, so that's the intent that John has. Um, this is why, by the way, many people um, recommend the Gospel of John to be the very first book that you read after you come to faith. Right? Someone comes to faith, a new believer in Jesus, what book should I start reading? A lot of times people say, start with the book of John. Because he explains very clearly who Jesus is. Um, and so, actually, like I was originally intending to preach through the, the seven I am sayings of Jesus. Um, so that we can understand who Jesus is. But then... Switch plans, I decided to start from chapter 1 and go through the entire gospel as much as we can so that we can follow John's entire presentation of who Jesus is. Now this passage that we just read, the first 18 verses, is, is kind of like his intro to the gospel. And there's a lot that he says here that he's going to unpack throughout the rest of the gospel. And so what we'll do today is we'll just kind of zoom in on a few few ideas, few verses in this passage that kind of gives us, I guess, a broad um, perspective of how we should approach the book of John. Okay, so I have three main points I want to talk about. First is Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Second thing, if you're taking notes, we must receive Jesus. Jesus is God. We must receive Jesus. And thirdly, we can see his glory. Okay, but usually if you're taking notes, all you got to do is write down the first point because I'll explain the, I'll say the other ones later. Jesus is God. Uh, again, he says in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, John is very intentional in how he introduces Jesus. Right? Remember, we said his intent in writing it so that you may know that he's a Christ, so that you may believe on his name. So he's very intentional in how he introduces Jesus. He refers to Jesus as the word. Word, we know from the Bible, is often used to mean the written word of God. A lot of times it's used like that. But word can also mean the expression of God. Who he is expressed. John refers to Jesus as the Word because Jesus is the embodiment 
of the total expression of God, the one who came to make God known. If you see Jesus, you see God, because Jesus is God. And that's why John refers to Jesus as the word of God, the total expression of God. Then he says in verse 3, all things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. So he refers to Jesus as the word, and then he takes us all the way back to Genesis 1.1. Because these first few verses in John are very similar to Genesis 1.1, right? Like if you grew up in Sunday school, you know how the Bible begins. Genesis 1, in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says in verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. John refers to these things. He's saying only the eternal God was in the beginning, right? There was nothing. There was God. Only God, the eternal God, was in the beginning, and he created the world with his spoken word. Now, Jesus, the word of God personified, the embodiment of the word of God, he was in the beginning with God. And when God created the world, all things were made through Jesus. Without him, nothing was made. And when God said, let there be light, Jesus is the light that gives man life. So it's like John is kind of, like he points us back to Genesis 1-1, right? And then it's like he's, he's giving us a commentary on Genesis 1-1. That Jesus was God in the beginning. That Jesus was with God in the beginning because Jesus is God. That Jesus is the eternal God who created the heavens and the earth. And this is what he's going to reiterate throughout this gospel so that his readers may know and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that's how he starts. Jesus is God. Okay, secondly, if Jesus is God, Second point, we must receive Jesus. He says in verse 10, he was in the world, right? This God was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, so so now he's saying, like, as you discover who Jesus is, right, he's, he's presenting Jesus in various ways throughout the gospel. Jesus is God, and he's going to say it in many different ways. Now, as you discover who Jesus is, as you hear the testimonies of the various characters in this gospel who, who declare to you who Jesus is, then he says, now you must believe, you must receive Jesus. Because... Throughout Jesus' time on earth, people made different decisions about Jesus. Some believed him, some didn't. Some received him, and some didn't. He came to give light to everyone, but some did not receive him, he says. He's saying, you have to receive him because only if you receive him, you'll be born of God and have eternal life. 
Last week it was very windy. It was very distracting. This week I learned my lesson. I said I have to do some some ways to stimulate people's attention. So I actually have props for the sermon. It's a tennis ball. And uh, I'm going to throw it to you. You have to catch it. But I need volunteers because, you know, we're in a, under pandemic. I don't want to just throw it to anyone because um, you might not want to catch it. Uh, Felix, can I throw it to you? Okay, just catch it and throw it back to me. Okay, um, he caught it. Uh, Roy, can I throw it to you? Um, someone closer. Daniel? Okay, April. Okay, she grabbed it with one hand. Uh, David, over there. He tried to grab it with one hand. Okay, I'm going to do one more. Uh, Jim, you see me? Nice catch. Okay, so um, for those of you that are home, I threw the ball and people caught it. Okay, now I have a basketball. I'm going to try it again. April. Okay. David. That was my bad. That was a bad throw. One more time. Okay. Felix. Okay. And Roy? Again, for those of you at home, I threw the ball and people caught it. Okay, um, what's the point? <laughs> uh, when people catch a tennis ball, I think uh, usually I think people caught it with one hand. Right? Uh, but to catch a basketball, uh, even for those guys that were like, you know, taking notes, most people drop what they were holding, right? Pen notebook, uh, put down what they were holding, uh, emptied both hands, made both hands available, and then caught the basketball. I think uh, receiving Jesus is not like receiving a tennis ball where we're still holding on to what we have on one hand and then conveniently receiving them on the other hand. It's more like receiving a basketball, right? You drop everything else. All hands are empty so that Jesus becomes our only hope. We receive him fully. And that's what John means here when he says, people who received him, who received him, who believed in his name, gave the right to become children of God. That's what it means to receive Jesus and believe in his name. 
I think, um, I think the way we think many times is not like that because we read the Bible and we think everyone falls, we think everyone falls into two categories. Like we read the Gospels and we see religious leaders and we see disciples, right? And we think it's kind of like that. The religious leaders hated Jesus, right? They rejected Jesus. They wanted to kill him. On the other hand, the disciples loved Jesus. They received him. They wanted to follow him. And then we think like, okay, so those, we see those two types of people in the Bible. And I'm, I'm a lot more like, I'm a lot more like the disciples rather than the religious leaders, right? I don't hate Jesus. I don't want to kill him. But you see, there are many ways, there are many ways to not receive Jesus, I mean, of course, like even today, there are many people who reject Jesus outright. There are many people who will never set foot in the church. But there are also many people whose rejection of Jesus is subtle. Trying to receive Jesus while holding on to many other things in our hearts. And John says, to those who drop everything else, who put their faith in him and him alone, who receive him like that and believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So that's the second thing. Jesus is God. He's come into the world. We must receive Jesus. And then thirdly, we must receive Jesus. And once we do, we can see his glory. The title of the sermon is We Have Seen His Glory because that's what, that's what John says. Now this point is we can, we can see his glory. Verse 14, the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so the word of God, the word of God that he described in verse 1, the word who was with God, was God, through whom in the beginning all things were made, this word became flesh. John is saying, Jesus, like we, whom we have seen, Jesus whom we have touched, Jesus was God in the flesh. Now remember, we have to remember that the disciples, right, they spent time with Jesus. They heard him, like they, they saw him. They, they heard his teachings. They were right there with him. They saw his miracles. They spent time with him in such a way they experienced him. They were so captivated by his love. Now, how do you spend time with God himself, God in the flesh, and how do you describe that experience? John describes that with these words, we have seen his glory. And, and he's saying this glory that we've, that we've seen, his glory was so marvelous. And that's why most of the disciples ended up giving their lives for Jesus Christ. Um, maybe I can illustrate it in this way. For many people in our church, um, boy-girl relationships are a big deal, Right? Because that's kind of the, like the stage of life that many of you are in. So maybe that's something that's on your mind a lot if you're single. Now, so 
suppose I came to you, right? Like, what if I come to you one day and I say, hey, I want to help you out. Um, I know it's on your mind. I, I want to help you out. Okay? And so what I do is I just randomly match you up with someone in our church. Okay? I don't even ask you who you like, what kind of person you're looking for you're interested in. It's as if like, I just pull a name out of a, a hat or something like that. And I just randomly say, you, <laughs> it should be you and that guy, right? Or it should be you and that girl, and you, like, you guys should start dating. You're like, how, how did you come to that conclusion? I picked this name out of the hat. I did you a favor. Like, suppose that, what if, what if I said that to you? You probably wouldn't go for that. You'll say, Pastor Jung, that's awkward. That's weird. You'll say to me, Pastor Jung, I have no affections for that person. I don't even know him. And you might say, Pastor Young, you're, you're doing this, right? Because you want me to stay in Minnesota after I graduate. But I won't. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to California. Okay? I just don't love him. I don't even know him. And that's really the problem, isn't it? When it comes to, to how we see Jesus... I don't love him. I mean, I don't even know him. You want me to give my life for him? Like you, you literally, like you're literally saying, I need to give my life for him? But I don't even know him. Because you see, if we did know him, we would along with John declare, we have seen his glory. He's full of grace and truth. And, um, and my point is this. As we begin the study of the Gospel of John, um, what I want to ask you to do is maybe throughout this week, this week, at least read through the Gospel of John. At least once if you can. And I pray that as we journey through the Gospel of John, we'll go about it this semester with the prayer, Lord, I want to see your glory. Honestly, right now, give my life like out of like just captivated love for him I don't even know him why would I do something like that Lord show me your glory as John is revealing Jesus to us over and over again showing us who he is and his own testimony is we have seen his how do you describe that we've seen his glory Lord show me your glory So that, with that heart's desire of wanting to truly see Jesus, to know Jesus, we'll, we'll want to give all that we have to receive Jesus. Uh, there's one more thing I want to highlight before we finish. John tells us, right? he says, he goes on, he says, John the Baptist bore witness about Jesus. And then he adds his own testimony about Jesus in this in this uh, intro to his gospel it says in verse 16 for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace okay. um, we received him we believed in his name beheld his glory and uh, hey John what 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 was it like uh, living uh, 
in Jesus Christ, like believing in Jesus Christ. From his fullness, we have all received, he says, grace upon grace. Um, it's not even October yet, but if you come to our house, you'll see that many, many, many leaves have already fallen on our yard. They're countless, countless, like countless, countless yellow leaves on the grass. If we were worshiping in the sanctuary, I would have taken a picture, I would have shown it to you, you know, because picture's worth a thousand words. Countless, you cannot count how many leaves are already on the grass. We're still in September. It's countless how many leaves have already fallen on the grass. Now, if I was like standing there ground level and I was only able to see like six feet and under, like I can't raise my eyes above six feet, right? If I was only able to see what's on the ground, I would say it's time to rake the leaves because there's so many leaves already on the ground. But if I look above six feet, not only on the ground, but if I look above six feet, I can see that there are many more yellow leaves on the trees and also many, many more green leaves still on the trees. Leaves that have yet to fall. So that's why if I look down, I'll say, hey, it's time to rake. If I look up, I say, oh, no, we're not going to rake yet because it's going to be a lot more that are going to fall in October and probably November. Not time to rake yet. John is saying, how can I, how can I describe this experience with Jesus Christ? How can I describe being in the light of Jesus Christ? How can I describe being born again in the will of God? How can I describe this life I experienced after I received Jesus and believing in his name? He says, grace upon grace. He's saying, what I can say in Jesus, there's grace. There's grace in Jesus Christ. And then after that, after, gra after grace, there's grace. And after that, there's grace again. And then after that, there's more grace. There's grace unconditional. There's grace unending. For, for sinners who rebelled against God, there's grace upon grace in Jesus Christ. I pray that throughout this semester we can journey through the Gospel of John together with the prayer, Lord, I want to see your glory. And I want to experience from your fullness grace upon grace upon grace upon grace that I can live in daily in my life. Let's pray together.